Welcome to episode 106 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. I'm Ty, and you can find me singing along to Life's Great Tapestry on Twitter at SEATJK. And with me, as always, is Chris. Where are you chasing your show business dreams, Chris? I chase them on the streets. <laughs> these in these streets in these mean streets it's like flash dance my every day every day is like flash dance oh yeah for You're me busking yeah <laughs> dancing anyway That's dancing cool. in the clubs yeah are you filming it and putting it on the internet yeah i do but i i'm not going to give you that account but you can follow my regular account at cd villasenor beautiful well you can interact with the show on twitter at two on three pod or hit us up via email at Hello. at two on three pod.com you know how much we love to hear from you. You've heard us talk before about our affinity for the fine art of karaoke. So tonight we present to you the two-on-three-pod karaoke manifesto. In segment one, we'll begin with an overview of the ground rules for a good time. Uh, a little bit of a how-to for anyone that might want to get on stage but just aren't sure how to get started. In segment two, we'll move on to talk about the various venues and audiences you might find yourself in and some strategies for survival. And finally, in segment three, we'll uh, wrap up with some analysis of maybe horror stories or success stories over the years and, and some other experiences in general that uh, might inform your decision making as you make your critical song selection. A double dose of Dejatwa this week, and then we'll head to the OT to clear up a few of the red lines in the social contract. Before we make a show, Chris, let me ask you, have you ever caught any grief for having to step away to do some work when you're supposed to be prioritizing your family? yeah there were years of my life where that happened god's sake well i ask you because you know i had a moment not long ago where i had to take a work call while i was also taking my children to the dentist there was just no two ways about it and you know i felt like the dental staff was really um giving me the stink eye (laughs) they were they were nonplussed about it they didn't seem very excited that i was you know i I couldn't really engage with them and uh i had uh, you know a wireless headset on and i wasn't really Uh talking but i had to be on the phone Uh and so they would kind of be like you know oh we want to tell you about your your daughter's teeth and and my wife was there too so it's not like we were we took them together you know we're, Mm -hmm. we're tag teaming this but this is one of those things where i started to feel compassion for the the very the trope of the the movie trope of the 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 shorthand for the bad dad right like oh this guy's on the phone is doing his business when he's supposed to be paying attention to his kids right it seems very it seems like very stereotypical like big oh like big big time dad with his uh, cutting like making big deals I'm cutting yeah. big deals over here I wasn't doing that I was just making sure that I was participating in a team <laughs> call that you know my absence would have been noted on right. That's the that is that is a difficult thing. I mean, but your your wife was there, so that that's helpful. But it maybe maybe it's even worse that she's dealing with the kids and the dentist, and you're like separated from them and and taking taking this call. Is that is that what you're thinking? I wasn't really separated from them. I was more the moment where um, the dentist shows up to talk about you know like so it's the hygienists right, and they're doing their X-rays and the cleanings and. And the dentist shows up and, you know, the dentist wants to like look you in the eye and shake your hand. Like, welcome right. to my business. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like on my phone. Right. And so I'm kind of mm. like, yeah, hey, hey, you know, you know kinda, kinda, <laughs> trying not to be disruptive. I feel like an ass. But, you know, the more I think about it, the more I think the dentist might be a sexist. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, there's not another dude that works in that office. Not a, not one. OK. I have a staff of 15 at least. Uh-huh. Always. It's a big office and it's just him. And a bunch of women. Okay. 
And he, I don't, I wasn't paying that close of attention, so I don't want to paint him too, with too broad of a brush, but I'm pretty sure he walked up to me first to say hello, as opposed to my wife. Okay. And I don't think he shook her hand either. I think he said hello to her, but he was very much like, good morning. <laughs> and I was like, well, sorry, I'm on the, like, like, I'm sorry, on the dipshit I'm, on my phone over here. I'm on a call. Hey, well, this dentist, this dental insurance got to come from somewhere, man. So I don't really, I mean, I don't. I don't know what to say other than you got to do your thing. I like, guess. I mean, part of me feels like you could have done it in the car or not been there. It would, have been, would have been less distracting to view to view to done what you needed to do and then join them after your call. Or was it not possible? It wasn't really possible. And it was really only the first like 10 or 15 minutes of an hour long appointment. So for the uh-huh. most part, I was standing like in the hallway. I, I just got him up there and got him sorted. And I'd actually already all the talking I had to do on the call. I had already done. Okay. So for the most part, I was just standing there listening, but I had a headset and I'm staring at my phone and uh-huh. it, it just, you know, I, I felt the judgment. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, that's the, I don't know that. I think that's, part of modern life unfortunately i know that sometimes your job encroaches on your on your in your into your personal world and vice versa there's a lot of times in your personal world encroaches on your work yeah i look forward to those days <laughs> <laughs> sorry it's out, it's out of my control can't do it i got i got things happening but um yeah it's always a little unfortunate yeah and it is fun to make fun of dudes who are doing that especially at sports games and you know any kind of like the park like where there's the the dad at the park who's obviously not paying attention to his kids because he's dealing that's with a some little, work that's business. a little different <laughs> it's the same but it's yeah it fine. is but it's like hey at least i'm here right that's something yeah i'm not the guy who's like no i'm sorry deal you just have to take the kids to the dentist by yourself because i have a work call i'm doing both i'm pulling double duty i should get some more respect <laughs> <laughs> agreed it just reminds me how perspectives change like um I used to, I, I might have mentioned this before, but I can recall a time where as a, a younger man, I judged an older man for sending his children to get him beer from the fridge. And I felt like that was inappropriate. And now that I am an older man, I realize that that's the whole reason you have kids because I don't, that I don't have to get up. Right. I think my dad had kids so he wouldn't have to mow the lawn. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. He was just not having it. He was like, dude, you, you are, you are 12, mow the lawn. Yeah, my knees hurt, bro. You're, it's your turn. <laughs> right. I pay for this house, you mow the lawn. It's very simple. All right, well, let's talk about karaoke. I love karaoke. You do? You love it? I do. So I, uh, as you discussed last week with Evan, recently returned from a, a, a work trip. And at the work trip, they offer a number of karaoke options. <laughs> but before we get into the details of that... Um, which I think I want to say for the second segment, I want to start with sort of the ground rules. You and I are both experienced karaokeers, <laughs> karaokeites, karaoke karaokers, karaokeists. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like anything with this. By the way, uh, can I sidebar early here? Uh, sure. <laughs> First of all, my wife is going to listen to this show, and she's going to be like. Karaoke. You know, this is the, this is the whole sure. thing where I say Japanese words like mm-hmm. some American dude, and she yeah. looks at me because she, she speaks fluent Japanese, and she looks at me. And he's like, "No, karaoke." Yeah, so I just thought I'd just put that out there that we're gonna say karaoke this whole hour. So, hun, we're gonna say karaoke this whole hour. So I'm, I'm fine with switching right now to karaoke. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I can't sit here and call it. 
kind of okay for the next for the next thirty. It'd be like minutes. yeah, it'd be like we're on a newscast where like all of a sudden like a Latin word comes up, right? And then just all of a sudden, ooh, hey, the spice, right? The, all right. the Oakland Raiders are playing the Denver Broncos. <laughs> yes, yes. All right. You, uh, all right. Second sidebar. Did you see that Shakira is wearing the uh, the Zootopia dress? Oh, she was. Uh, yeah, it's that red dress is the same as the gazelle wears in the <laughs> Zootopia. The red skirt and the red bikini top. Oh, that's hilarious. Okay, so we're gonna hit the buzzer. We haven't even started yet. So, <laughs> all right, uh, karaoke commandment number one: You can't need the words. If you're going up to sing a song and you need, no, no, don't, 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 don't get ahead of me here. <laughs> you can't need them. If you want to enjoy yourself and do well. You can't need the words. The words have to be nothing more than like a chair when you're tipsy. Like if you take a, qu- a wrong step and you've had a little bit to drink and you, you write yourself, that's fine. But you can only need them to steady yourself. If you're leaning on it, just go home, you're drunk. Right. Okay, so so yes, I'm going to agree with you. You have to have radio sing-along mastery of the, sh- of the song. Now, you don't have to know all the words, but you have to have radio sing-along mastery. Right. I think and, that's a. I think that's fair. Yeah, and because you don't get the same um, musical cues, you end up using the the word monitor for the cues, right? Because you don't. It's harder to hear right the song in the karaoke bar because mm-hmm. you don't have the vocals, and often the track is weird and maybe written on like some sort of MIDI computer, <laughs> the Casio version. Yeah, it's just wild what the kind of stuff we're dealing with in the nineties. Um, that's one of the great inventions of, of YouTube these days is now my kid want my kids want to do karaoke. I bring up sing King shout out to sing King. I don't, I don't know. They're not sponsoring the show, but shout out to sing King. Cause they put out a quality free YouTube, uh, YouTube karaoke product mm-hmm. and they just fire them up. We have a PA. I don't, I don't have to do anything. It's great. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't need some machine with weird discs and like specific <laughs> settings. I got to plug it into my TV. None of that. All right, well, back to commandment number two. Uh, just enough booze to make sure that you're not afraid, and that's it. If you've yes. had more than that, you're liable to embarrass yourself. Well, you're liable to embarrass yourself anyway, but yes, you have <laughs> to have... A social lubricant is generally... For people who don't... For people who, who don't sing on the regular, like if you're, if, if you're, if you're new to the, the karaoke game... Yeah, you're going to need a beer or two. You're going to need a drink. Well, I, it, it can go both ways because I, in during my trip, I, I karaoke on back to back nights. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're such a you're such a ham. It's just there's uh, there's a bar there at this place where we have the um, the event, and I know that I can get in there. Like I, both times, I went in alone. <laughs> Because I'd rather I'm just going I'm going for me, yeah. right? I'm, I just want to sing some songs. It's yeah, fine. I just like totally. to sing. Yeah, so I'll tell that story a little bit. But um, the the short version is that the first time I tried to sing a song that I thought I had solid radio familiarity with, that I sing a lot with the kids, and mm-hmm. it didn't go well. And I think <laughs> it had maybe a little bit too much alcohol when it, by the time I got to the karaoke bar that night. Uh-huh. Um, and so that's my third. That that taught me my third commandment which is if you fuck up what the right move is to you, you have two choices bail all right this one poorly sure. i'm out of here mm-hmm. or go back to one of your core songs uh, yes. return to your bones like so 
it is the worst type of karaoke fails when you think you you know a song you've sang it a lot you're at home or you're in the car or whatever but it's somewhat challenging like from just pure from a purely from a vocal performance perspective mm-hmm. and you're not completely sure of the words that's gonna can you go tell badly me, can you tell me what song that was or are you saving the story <laughs> Uh, no, it was uh, Go ahead. "Sucker" by the Jonas Brothers. "Sucker" by the Jonas Brothers. Okay, yeah. yeah, not really, not really familiar with the Jonas Brothers catalog, but all right. So, but you the thought newer, you had... the newer, the newest Jonas okay. Brothers record is really good. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say it's not. I haven't listened to it, but the, <laughs> but yes, but you thought you had it. Uh-huh. I would tell you, I my from my perspective, I would say that you sing core songs first and establish yourself as somebody who's not a noob. Yes. And then in the third song, if you get a third song or maybe a fourth song, depending upon how busy the bar is, then you can take a flyer on one. Because then if you blow it, people go, he's really good. He just obviously didn't know this song very well. As opposed to you roll in and the first song you do is a complete crash and burn. People are like, oh, Jesus. Because then the second time you walk up, people are like, oh, fuck, this guy again? This is going to be awful. Right, you can see people you because you know when people are bad sure. and they start walking to the front. You see the crowd. You see their eyes start to roll. You know, you well, don't want to be that guy. That's why commandment number four is have at least one or two classics. Yeah, and so flip that coin over because I agree with you. But here's what happened to me. Okay, so I went in there and I didn't know anybody in this bar at the time. Sure, and it didn't go very well. You know, I get a polite clap. I was kind of like ah, I kind of like did the face right. Ah, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, um, but the reason I sang that song is because I really was just going to sing the one song and then and then take off. But because uh-huh. it went poorly, I was well, well, fuck, I got. I'm, I'm better than this. Yeah, yeah. I'm coming back. Right, and so yeah. that was the thing. And so then, by the time I went up there, there were actually by the time I went up there again, there were some people who had come into the bar that I did know from work. Uh-huh. And so I went back to a, a classic Bon Jovi. Sure. And just you know just decimated it. Right. Right, and, and what's the and what was the rotation time? Like, did you have to wait like 20, 30 minutes? Oh, it wasn't even that songs? much. There was hardly was, anybody in here. Oh yeah, it was cranking. It was cranking through. Yeah, yeah, maybe 10, yeah. 15 minutes max. Okay, on a short turnaround, yeah, for sure. It's, yeah, yeah, no. When you, you, when it's busy, you, we got to talk about that too because that's a different thing. Yeah, but if you blow a song and you know it's a short turnaround, you got to get right back in. You got to yeah. get your you got to sign up with a with an oldie but goldie and then knock it out. Yeah, because I definitely had the feeling of like, oh, this is. This is bad, and I, I want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't want to be done singing, right? And then, yeah, a couple of buddies came in, and then all of a sudden, we we're drinking beers, and and up much later than I had anticipated that night. Well, it is a it is corporate fun, so staying up late is a is is part of the plan. All right, so those are my those are my core tips. What do you have any that uh, that you think need to be covered before we move on? I think that I think that if you um, I think that it's important that you have a a crowd participation type of number that's always very helpful, especially if you're new at it. Yes. Um, the uh, I like to go with um, White Snakes. Here I go again, and then I get everybody to sing the chorus with me. Sure. Because everybody knows that song and everybody loves that song. And so when you get everyone to sing the chorus with you, it's a ton of fun. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing sweet Caroline, you know, right. I'm not doing it, but I'm, you find something, if you can find a song that you like, that you can get people to participate with you, it makes for a much, it makes much an easier experience and a, and a much more fun experience. You become a fun person. Yeah. And that's actually what I mean when I, I say have a one or two classics, not just for you, the, the songs, you know, you can sing, but also at least one that, you know, is a pure crowd pleaser. 
like you know what i don't want to sing dead or alive anymore no but after i but after i fold myself up on the jonas brothers i'm coming back with bon jovi (laughs) because everybody's into it yeah yeah exactly and the uh the other thing is um you know i i'm and we'll probably bring this up later but having a having a duet that you can that you can do with somebody with mm-hmm. a girl or a boy mm-hmm. depending uh is good i have a i have a very f- famous love shack partner um and uh and so people who listen to people who know me will know who that who that person is and uh we always had a we always tore the place up whenever we did love shack it was awesome that reminds me that was the other thing that i had marked down that i'd forgotten to mention which is if you can try to do a mimic not your own version oh yeah don't I, sing I, it as you try to <laughs> no. recreate the the sound of the song as you all hear it yeah as much as possible yeah don't yeah exactly don't do the don't do the live cut of mm. of mr jones i don't want to hear i don't want to hear you <laughs> I don't want to hear that bullshit. It's like stick to the radio version. People can sing along. Again, encouraging people to sing along with you is helpful. Mm-hmm. And so, because most of the time you can hear them, if somebody has a good mastery of the song and they're singing along, it helps you. And that most people can't hear that person, if but they can hear you over the microphone. Mm-hmm. So having a little help is is I think is usually welcome for for anybody. I agree. Um, in fact, in segment three, when we talk about horror stories and success stories, I will talk a little bit about my first ever karaoke experience <laughs> and, and how that was a group, a group effort. I can't wait. <laughs> um, so as we move on here, uh, that's a good transition point because one of the things that happened while I was on the trip is that the, so the, this um, resort we were at was adjacent to the uh, Disney World. I was in Orlando. Okay. And it is actually a Disney property, this hotel. Um, so the karaoke hostess. Uh, clearly had aspirations to be doing something else. <laughs> so she sang quite a bit. And because again, the bar wasn't that busy. It was, I mean, we were talking, I think the first night was Tuesday night. So it's not like there was a lot of people in there. Um, but I discovered, and this is what I wanted to bring up the, in the second segment, sort of um, the regulars, the uh, you know strategies for what kind of audience you experience you're going to have here, right. In the bar. Right. So that we talked about people singing along, but uh, I, I discovered something that I thought was a little bit new to me. Um, the guy, the guy, he was clearly sort of a bar regular for this bar. Like he, okay. he, they didn't, they weren't staying at the hotel, but the way he interacted with the bartenders, it was clear to me that they had some sort of a re- existing relationship. And it was, it struck me as just kind of a funny thing to think of. Oh, I'm going to the Disney Resort because that's my local karaoke bar. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and he was very. He had a lot of Broadway in him and I'm not okay. using that as a euphemism for anything other than he just carried himself in this very specific way and spoke in this way. And it was, everything was just very dramatic. Right. Right. Um, and he sang a whole new world as a duet with the, the karaoke hostess, oh. but he didn't sing it like it sounds. He sang it like it was the goddamn opera. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Meanwhile, she's doing a pretty solid Jasmine. Uh huh. Right, but he's and, like he's like going he's gone all like Josh Groban on this thing. Yes, yes, and yeah. I was really put off by it. <laughs> <laughs> I got I gotta say that that that's a pretty good deal if your local karaoke joint is the Disney property one because lots of new faces all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, you feel like yeah, there's not a it's not like the neighborhood one where it's the same, you know, half dozen 
dozen people all the time. That like, is a bummer have a, when we used to, to have go a regularly, right? Yeah, to have a yeah. rotating group of faces is nice because you could sing, you know, whatever you sing is going to be new to them. So let me introduce you before we come. Well, there's a couple ways we could go here. We could talk about the fact that at your local bar, one of the reasons I think that I stopped going out in this area is because it was like you'd see the same eight or ten people and some of them would sing the same songs all the time and it it, it just i don't want to go be the same like this group of half a dozen people that sing like the same half a dozen songs it's not fun no that's that that's anti-fun but the reverse was what we used to do which i feel like was roll in with a crew somewhere and like kind of take over the regulars night and you could see it in their faces right when they're like mad that we're sort of in the rotation <laughs> <laughs> yes, because I want to sing my four songs or whatever. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They're there to sing Sweet Caroline and make me want to tear my <laughs> eardrums out. Uh, so that that brings me to another question I have for you is, is do you have an explanation for someone I'll call the tone deaf repeater? Like there's a person that goes up to the karaoke bar and sings as if they're a good singer and they'll go up two or three times and they're not like, it's not embarrassing where they're trying and they're butchering it. They'll know every word. They just can't sing. Yeah. It's the same people who used to try out for American Idol. <laughs> right? There's a, some people, there's a, there's a definite divide in some people's brains. They're like, I sound great in the shower. Mm-hmm. I sound great in the car. And then you walk out and you sing on your own and you're, you're absolutely lost. But they must think they're good then, too. They do, but singing <laughs> singing, singing unaccompanied by, you know, singing off the radio mm-hmm. is, it's, a, it's an absolute skill. It's, it's one of those things where people who sing with the radio all the time and love to sing, they, they'll do that. And then what they'll do is then they have to sing on their own. Mm-hmm. And it sounds completely different, right? You don't have the singer of the song in your ear yeah. that you can match up to. Right. You have to match up yourself right. to yourself. Yeah, if you which, want a wake-up call, attach a mic to anything and record yourself <laughs> singing any song and then listen me. to it. <laughs> oh, believe me. I've, I mean, as a, it's, it's the same with any musical instrument, right? Like mm-hmm. you play with the band and then you have to record and you're like, I don't know how to play this instrument. <laughs> it's it's a true it's a it's an absolute it's an absolute up leveling of skill. There is, and I think I've said this before. You know, there's with um, with comedy, it's funny with your friends, funny with strangers, funny with strangers for money. Mm-hmm. Singing is similar. It's I sing pretty I sing pretty good with with the song on the radio, mm-hmm. and you know, I can sing karaoke or what I, I can sing in a live recording session. Like that's, it's a complete, I mean, they're, they're two different skills singing with the radio and singing yes. into a microphone for recording purposes. It's, it's night and day. Yeah. And what I used to do when we were doing this on a regular basis and I was trying to get my tracks down correctly as I would sing with the radio in my ear, but record it clean on my microphone on my rig. Right. And then mm-hmm. I just work on it until I had it until I had it correct, and then I could listen to myself sing it, and then I could get to a point where I could sing it by myself without needing the vocal cues because I had learned how to sing the song. Right, yeah. right. You know, it's funny because recording this podcast is the same thing because I'm used to hearing my voice on tape now, so it matches up better. Mm-hmm. But you know, the first time you hear your voice recorded played back to you, 
because you're so used to hearing your own voice through your head, it oh, yeah. sounds completely different than when you've recorded it. It comes back to you. But once you get used to hearing it a little bit, you know, over and over again, then then it, it matches up a lot better. What I hear in my head and what I hear coming out of the recording now is very, very much the same. Oh, one of my life's great frustrations is the fact that I don't sound anything like this nasal nightmare that you get to hear in my own head. <laughs> right. Like, it's nothing like it. Like, I'm just like, really? That's what I sound like? Well, that's terrible. I'm... <laughs> I feel bad for anybody that has to listen to me speak. It's really like awful. It is what it is. I'm a lot better singer than I am a, than a just talking. Yeah, we all can't have that Brian Schwartz radio voice. Oh my god, I'm so jealous. Or when you had Phil, when you had Phil on, yeah, yeah, dulcet tones. So jealous. Um, but so my office uh, or my company rather, one of the things we always have at this event is a rockaroki. And if you're familiar with rockaroki, it's where you have a live band. Yeah. And that is even harder because there is no effect on that mic and there's no backing. Actually, in this particular situation, they actually bring backup singers uh-huh. and it helps quite a bit. Although the first time I did sing with this band um, at last year's event. So at last year's event, I'd been on the job for just over about six months. And I looked at it as a nice way for me to publicize my presence to the organization. Sure. This year, I did not sing at the work rock but I sang in front of lots of coworkers who saw me at the bar later because that's different. <laughs> Why don't you want to sing at the Rockaroki? Is that everybody? Is that everybody in the company? Is that a is that a much larger about, it's work a, gathering? It's about two thirds of the company. Okay. Um, and it's not the size of the audience. I mean, in you know, last year I did Black Street. I did No Diggity, as you might expect. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got that one on lock. Sure. <laughs> uh, and, and people were, you know, it was one of those things where. A lot of people came up afterwards and said, well, that was amazing. Like, I didn't know you'd be able to do that. And like, yeah, great. So, but I didn't see any upside to it for me this year. Got it. Uh, there was, I, I mean, it was, it, I don't, it wasn't manipulative. I was, it was, I was excited. They had Rockaroki. I was like, cool, that'd be fun. But then this year I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't see any reason for me to do this. And <laughs> I, I know that what I'll do is if I want to sing, I'll just go back to the karaoke bar tonight, which is what I ended up doing. So had enough drinks where I probably got to the Rocky uh, and they were wrapping up. They're like, no, we're full for the night. I'm like, perfect. Next <laughs> I was like, I wanted, I want to sing, but I don't really want to get up there. So uh, after we adjourned, I returned to the, uh, the uh, Japanese restaurant where the, the karaoke was occurring and the same hostess was there. So that was cool. Cause I had still had a rapport. Oh, forgot about commandment number six, tip your host or hostess. Oh, for sure. Don't be a jerk. It's a pain. They're dealing with a lot of, I mean, think about what they're dealing with, especially as the night wears on. The drunks that they cra- they crash oh into the God. stage, like just the stuff that goes on at the karaoke bar as you approach last call, yes. tip your host or hostess. You need, to, you need to, yes, you need to treat the host or hostess like a, a weight, like a weight person. So if you were a waiter, wait staff, right? So if you, if you participate in karaoke, you need to tip them. Yes. For sure. And she I didn't want the, me to. She's like, the, no, you I don't need to tip. Uh, I mean, I like, I think a dollar, at least a dollar every other song, if not a dollar per song. A dollar per song seems very reasonable to me. And if you want to get up early, you walk up and you say, here's 10 bucks, put me on next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could do that uh, that piano bar move where mm-hmm. you just sort of like, hey, you bump me up. It's mm-hmm. like, here's my, here's my ticket. Here's my song. Yep, exactly. Here's on my, top here's, of like five bucks. Yes. Like, just let me sing my song and that way I can get out of here. Mm-hmm. Hey, I see you've got about 45 minutes of people in front of me. How about not? <laughs> How about five <laughs> minutes of people? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Two songs. Um, but I had struck up with rapport, rapport with the hostess already the night before, having tipped like a nice person. Got it. Um, walked back in there. 
absolutely nailed sucker by the Jonas Brothers. I was there like, hey, go. I'm ready to try this again. <laughs> like I walked in, I'm like, I'm here to, I'm here to do this again. I, I know you. You you like lay you like were lying in bed that night going, fuck, I could have done this better. You probably like completely broke it down. Oh, it bothered all, me. Yeah, it bo- I know it bothered you. <laughs> I was I was not happy about it because I know that song. I sing it all the time with kids. And now you've got it. Now I it's do part of it. the repertoire. I think it helped that that second night I was dressed up like I had cocktail attire on. Oh, okay. So that song really came a lot more naturally. Like the swagger <laughs> that you have to have to sing that kind of a song. Right. Yeah. It really, uh, it really made me feel a lot better. And she commented on it too when I walked in. She's like, oh, yeah. you look very nice. Thank there. you. The clothes helped your carriage, which, pr- which informed your performance. Absolutely. I had I like one it. other thing in this uh, that I wanted to mention before we moved on. Um, where do you stand on being obliged to let drunk people that you know crash your performance? I, always, I don't want to sound like it's taking too seriously, right? But go ahead. I always let people crash my performance. I okay. mean, honestly, it's karaoke. Like, yeah. No one cares. I know. And yet. <laughs> and yet. It's, it's rude of your buddy to do it, to like, if... If they, if they just if they're drunk and they stumble up there, they're like, "Let's out of prayer," and you're like, "It's like okay, it's funny, and you know I've been waiting to sing this so long, and it's fine." And, yeah. it, but it's it's rude, but it's fine. I don't really, I wouldn't get, I wouldn't get upset about it. I'm not ending any friendships over it. Well, as the night wore on, and that second night, the hostess came and asked me if I would sing "Shallow" with her. And one of the... Uh, oh, gay. You familiar? Yes. Yeah. Stars Born? Yes. Yeah. Um, which I didn't know. And I was like, yeah, give me five minutes. And I like walked out in the back and listened to it on my phone for five minutes. And then I was like, okay, it's, I got it. It's I Won't Back Down by Tom Petty. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't know the key. like So I just <laughs> needed to get the the actual... Um, like I needed yeah. to hear it a couple of times. Anyway, sure. I went in there and, and we did... It was fun. But uh, a couple of the more intoxicated women from my office. Uh, one of them specifically was like, you guys are backup singers. And we both turned to her and we're like, no, <laughs> <laughs> Nope. She's we got it. Yeah. I also offended her uh, because she was like, sing something with me. This other woman from my work who I uh-huh. hadn't, hadn't met before this night. Okay. I was like, sure, whatever. You know, I'm, I, I'm, I've sang all the songs I need to sing. That second night we shut down the bar and I, I probably sang eight times. <laughs> and I was just at that point, I was just doing party hits. Like I'm singing yeah. treasure by Bruno Mars and like whatever <laughs> else, you know, just, I'm, it's a dance party, right? I'm just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just live Perfect. dance party. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, she was like, how about Kenny Rogers? <laughs> and inadvertently, the Islands like, in the stream. She wanted to sing <laughs> she, Islands in the stream with you. I don't know. She's like, how about Kenny know. Rogers? And I go, I, I don't really know any Kenny Rogers. I go, I'm only 40. And she's like, she, and she, her face was, she was so fucking offended. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 40 years old. I have no idea what any Kenny Rogers songs are. It's like thank a, you. the gambler. <laughs> I don't know any Kenny Rogers. <laughs> Lady. Yeah. There are like other songs that Kenny Rogers sings. Like, wasn't he in the Doobie Brothers? <laughs> no, no, didn't he have a no. band like that? No, Kenny Rogers has always been. You think, think of Michael so. McDonald? No, he, oh right, 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 yeah. Who looks like Kenny Rogers? <laughs> right, 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 right. In all fairness, yeah. But yes, no, Kenny Rogers. <laughs> Kenny Rogers. Are there? there yeah. Well, so let be- me finish the story too, because she goes, "Wait, how old are you really? Like 30? And I'm like, "No, I'm I'm 40. I was born in 1979." And she goes, "Well, I was only born in 73." I'm like. Eh, because she had said like so uh, you're like, 50 yeah I'm like, you're a lot closer to 50 than 40 lady and all i said was oh well you know i mean that's enough difference where i you probably were more familiar with that yeah the kenny, kenny rogers. rogers had big hits 
in the late seventies, early eighties. Fine. Good chicken too. Good chicken. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Segment number three. All right. In segment three, I want to talk about, uh, sort of, well, just the history of karaoke for us. Um, I, I was going to talk about just horror stories, but I thought maybe first, if you recall, uh, I was going to share with you my first, uh, my first karaoke experience. And, and I thought you, you could do the same if you were, sure. if you remember yours. So I think mine was, um, I want to say seventh grade and there was some sort of a school function where there was like karaoke and a bunch of the people that I was, I was kind of, uh, I wasn't in the music per, I was in the band at the time. I wasn't in the, the choir. I was kind of adjacent to the, that group of people though, from a social perspective. And, they're like, come up and sing Rockin' Robin with us. And I'm like, okay, I know that song well enough. You know, I'm a kid. I guess I probably heard it a bunch of times. And about a minute into the song, I'm, I'm in front of the group, just Michael Jacksoning the shit out of Rockin' Robin. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is for me. So my first karaoke experience was a very positive one. Yeah. But yeah. I wouldn't have done it, I don't think, if I hadn't been invited up by like five other people to go do it. Hmm. So growing up Filipino... means that when you're a little kid when i was a little kid they would just make you sing they would make you stand up and sing in front of older people right on because old people like to hear kids sing yeah and i was a pretty good singer so they would say chris come sing a song and you'd be like okay i'll come sing a song and then they'd enter you in some crappy talent show (laughs) there's all kinds of so but I always enjoyed singing. I always sang in the car and all these kind of things. So it was never it was never a big deal for me to, you know, sing in church, like I sang in the choir and and those kinds of things. So when karaoke became a thing, it was no problem for me to just snap up a microphone and just start singing. It was no big deal. But the uh, but do I you do remember your first song. What's that? Do you remember your first song? No, I don't know. It's it's all sort of muddy. Sure. The, the <laughs> but early karaoke experiences. Um, oh my god. So I'll tell this story. This is funny. My friend, right after college, we graduated college, he um, got married in Oklahoma. So we all went to Oklahoma to his wedding, and we stayed in this shitty, like, Best Western type of hotel. Mm -hmm. But they had a bar. They had a karaoke bar. Nice. So we just roll in there, bunch of young people, and we just started singing. Anyway, this one dude rolls in, and apparently it was 1992. So Garth Brooks had just gotten, just went big. And this guy was the Oklahoma State Garth Brooks sing-along, cha- or karaoke, Garth Brooks karaoke champion. And we all sat there with our mouths agape. He was unbelievable. It was crazy. <laughs> and we were like, what the hell? And then we just, yeah, but then we just sang songs and uh, had a good time. All and right. then every 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 fourth or fifth song, he would come up and sing some Garth Brooks and just blow our heads off. It was awesome. I went through a uh, country karaoke phase myself. Um, early in my twenties, when I was kind of into the country music, from a just I, I really enjoyed singing along to it, really. And it was easy to play on guitar for the most part. Mm-hmm. G C D E minor A minor. Yeah, yeah. And, and honestly, I mean, it seemed like the girls were into it. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, and yeah. there was a country bar here. I don't the Red Hen. Yeah, yeah, and, I remember. And they had like a, a very kind of popular karaoke spot, and it was almost all country that people sang in there. Mm-hmm. In uh, Green so, Lake. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's not there anymore. I'm sure they ripped it down and put up like a multi-use high rise. Yeah, there. I wouldn't be surprised if they reopened it in that space though. Wouldn't be totally. No. Uh, but yeah, but one summer when I didn't have a job, I was driving around 
in my car going from place to place and visiting friends and hanging out places. Um, I had enough money to pay my rent, but, and I had enough money for gas and stuff, but I didn't have a lot of food money. So I would actually play my guitar at rest stops and I would sing country songs. Uh-huh. Like you'd just turn on a country station. You'd learn whatever songs were on the radio. You'd work them out. And then I'd play at a rest stop for 45 minutes, an hour, collect, you know, five or six bucks, six, you know, 10 bucks, and then go eat McDonald's. And that would pay for my, that would pay for my food for the day. And then I would make it to wherever I was going and then whatnot. So yeah, I bet that worked for you too. Cause as a busker, you're, if you're singing country, you're a bit of an oddity. Yeah, no, but you just did a you just did a rest stop in the you know if you're west of the Mississippi at right. a rest stop singing, you know, mid '90s country songs. Yeah, people were happy to give you, you know, money. It was it was great. It was sure. very. I mean, look at this big Samoan kid singing John Michael Montgomery. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I swear, <laughs> I probably sang it. It was you know it was I'm one sure. of those deals. Oh, I'm, I'm almost positive I did. Well, I was going to transition to horror stories, and where I was going with the, um, uh, well, whatever the hell I was saying before you told me that story, was that one of my horror stories, one of my like actually like most the most the things I think about most of my past that I'm embarrassed happened, was that somehow in my country karaoke phase, I convinced you to let me sing at your reception, your wedding reception. <laughs> what the fuck was I doing? I say at my wedding reception. I know. Like, I opened up the karaoke jar at your wedding reception. That was awesome. That was fun. What did uh, you sing? Uh, did Tim recall? McGraw. Tim McGraw? Yeah. That's funny. That's great. I don't recall, but that's awesome. Thank you. I'm glad you don't remember. Was it? A- <laughs> I remember. <laughs> Everyone was drunk. It was fine. Uh, it's, I don't know. There's a picture, there's a sure. picture of it. <laughs> it's... <laughs> That's good. I mean, we all have we all have crash and burns. I mean, that's that's what happens. Sometimes you just you you know. Sometimes the track is fucked up. Like one time I went. And oh, sang. I didn't screw it up. I'm just no, embarrassed no, no. that I did that. Oh no, no. What? there's no embarrassment. It was this. the it was uh, it's your love by Tim McGraw. Yeah, I was no, I was really into singing that at the time. Yeah, it's no it's, it's no big deal. It's a party. <laughs> the uh, no, but like, have you ever had the track that was screwed up? Like, oh yeah, I've had the track that was like way screwed up. Where the where the where the words don't match the mm-hmm. where you're at in the song. And yeah, and you like, have to ignore it altogether and just sing it along with the beat. Yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> those are those are advanced. I would say one of the most uh, the horror stories I have is uh, I was at a pretty random bar again with coworkers one time, um, and I broke all my commandments. I probably had already had too much to drink. The songbook was super dated. I couldn't find anything that I really wanted to sing. And my belief that I knew lean on me well enough not to screw it up really ended up in a, a I just, it was embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't want to, uh, horror stories are pretty funny, but I also want to take a moment to highlight some of the great karaoke people in, in my history. First of all, okay. the hostess at the, um, the grand cafe, the karaoke hostess at the grand cafe in Portland, who we all loved. She was, she was something else. <laughs> we loved her very much. The Grand Cafe also gave us this dude who did "Rub You the Right Way." Oh yeah, is the greatest rendition, one of the greatest karaoke performances I think I've ever seen in my entire life. That guy who just sort of strolled in like and just knocked out 
Rub you the right. He's probably been singing Rub you the right way like three times a week in his car for 20 years. Oh my God. He was so (laughs) stinking good. And then there was a dude at the um, rickshaw one Mm. night who sang Far Away. Is that the name of the song? The Candlebox song? Far Behind? Far Behind. Oh, I remember the Candlebox Far Behind guy. Oh (laughs) my God. That guy was unbelievable like you know how sometimes songs start up and you're like oh this is gonna be a fucking disaster yeah right? you're like it's really like, you're gonna sing Candlebox? yeah you're gonna sing you're gonna sing far behind a candle box and then at the end of it you're like standing up and clapping because you don't know have anything else to do because the guy was just so awesome if you know if i if they weren't from illinois i would have assumed that uh uh that was i think the guy's name is kevin martin the candle box lead singer okay not the basketball player <laughs> okay i mean that guy was it was it was like the the, the filipino guy that sings journey like it was yes, that yes. good. yeah no he <laughs> i you know once i did i once sang um in a neighborhood karaoke bar in manila mm-hmm. and for some odd reason because i was obviously from america like somebody like the rumor got around that I was some professional singer from America. Nice. So at the end of the evening, they were like, so I understand that you do this professionally in America. I'm like, no, I play in a shitty band in America, but I don't sing professionally. <laughs> <laughs> well, I take issue actually with the hostess at the Grand Cafe because that is the place where our friend Josh, friend of the pod, uh, was able to sign me up for the album version of Don't Stop Till You Get Enough, which is nearly <laughs> seven great. minutes long. It's like eight and a half minutes long. <laughs> That's on the host. There should ra- again, radio edits only. You don't you don't no one wants me up there for three minutes at the end of the song. Get on what the fuck don't stop. Don't stop till you get enough. Just try to, over and over try, again. Try to throw some choreography in. Oh my god. While we're all sitting around drinking and laughing at you while you're like struggling with the last three minutes of the song. Well, struggling, I think you're you're putting it a little bit You are ready to get off. I the wanted stage. it to stop. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what I mean by struggling. Struggling with the length of this stupid song. You just keep looking at her. It's like can we just you should have just walked off you should have just been like okay i'm done yeah this, this, shit, is, this shit is over fade it out fade it out, <laughs> fade it out. <laughs> fantastic all right well i think that's it unless you had any other massive karaoke tips you needed to give out before no we're done. but we should have two on three karaoke night and invite everybody we should we haven't done karaoke night in a long time we have not and uh we should find a place that's relatively quiet and uh and and just go in there and and belt out some tunes yeah, my favorite pl- my favorite thing to do with karaoke is go to a bar where there are there is a regular crew and I don't know anyone. Go in, sing three awesome songs, and just be like, and never show up again. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember the guy? Yeah, I did that in Hawaii once. We we're on vacation, and um, I like walked. I asked the bartender at this bar where I was like, eh, "Is like karaoke bar around here somewhere?" He's like, "Yeah, go uh, go up this alley." And I was like, "We went to this sketch ass place." <laughs> But walked in, it was like awesome inside, and it was like tiny, but everybody's having a blast. And I some somehow successfully pulled off "Take on Me." <laughs> that's okay, that's a tough one. But I was okay. twenty two, so I think it, it helped. Right. Anyway, that's a good memory for me. And that right. guy, the, the, the host, came up. He's like, "Oh, you, that's great, buddy." <laughs> he, I mean, he was basically the Rock from. Um, oh yeah, from that. Yeah, he was basically Mau. No, he was basically Maui from Moana, like the guy that was the host. Like he was, it was crazy. It was cool. All right, well, that's it for our karaoke manifesto, and you know what that means. Now comes the part where we throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? Ready! Ready.
dad jokes of the week. Woo! All right, well, I was gone last week, and everybody loves a double dose, so let's get it started. I just read a book about frogs. It was riveting. Nice. I thought about going on an all-almond diet, but that's just nuts. (laughs) Indeed. Nature abhors a vacuum, but not as much as cats do. (laughs) He's shaking his head, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, fine. I can't believe I lost my job at the bank after only one day. Someone with a broken leg asked me to check his balance, so I pushed him over. (laughs) That's actually something you would do. (laughs) Me, personally? Yeah, that's something you might do. I'm some sort of literal idiot? (laughs) (laughs) No, you're you're just looking for an excuse to harass people. Oh, okay. I'm not not the young man I once was. (laughs) There's consequences of that stuff these days. My knees hurt. (laughs) The Invisible Man married the Invisible Woman. Their kids were nothing to look at either. Ugly kid jokes. I like it. (laughs) Your kids are so ugly. (laughs) (laughs) Last night, I dreamed that I was drowning in an ocean made out of orange soda. It took me a while to figure out. It was just a fantasy. I like that one. I do too. (laughs) Fantasy. (laughs) If a snake married a mortician, what would their custom bath towels say wait a minute just go with it (laughs) hiss and hearse hiss and hearse yeah nice what did the flickering candle say to the sputtering oil lamp you want to go out sometime nice where is the worst place for a dog to shop the flea market what do you call it when a giraffe swallows a toy jet A plane in the neck. A plane (laughs) in the neck. (laughs) Joke is a plane in the neck. Do you want me to tell you a chimney joke? I have stacks of them. First one's on the house. (laughs) You don't like that one? I like that one. Uh, (laughs) A metal skid dropped on a guy's foot, severing all his toes. To add insult to injury, while he was recovering in the hospital, his wife's lawyer served him with divorce papers. No one was really surprised, though. She's lactose intolerant. Oh, my God. (laughs) Just when you thought these jokes couldn't get any worse, you come with... They come with lactose intolerant. (laughs) I like lactose intolerant. By the way, what a bitch. (laughs) Well, she... She, 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 every, obviously she's really that, upfront about screw it. Screw that lady. Her husband, working hard, loses his foot, and she divorces him. Yeah, well, no toes. It's ridiculous. She's out. She's terrible. What do you got for us? Terrible one. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm dipping my toe again into, dipping my lactose <laughs> into the longer form dad joke. Okay. This one is about a Native American chief. Oh, God. Who has children. Okay. So here we go. Native American chief has, uh, has a son, and, um, and his wife passes away, so he marries again and has two more children. So when the first son comes of age, the Native American chief presents him with a very rare hippopotamus hide. Okay. <laughs> which, which, he, which he's very thankful for. 
When the other two children come of age, they're given regular, ordinary buffalo hides. Mm-hmm. And the children say, to the, the younger children say to their father, Father, how come when our older brother reached of age, he was given a wonderful and glorious hippopotamus hide where we would, when, where when we came of age, we were given these regular old buffalo hides. Well, the Native American chief looked at them and he said, we all know that the son of the squaw of the hippopotamus is equal to the sons of the squaw of the other two hides. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that one's going to hurt for a while. You might just want to rub. It's you know, so far r- away from what you're actually, it's so, it's, it's so far away. <laughs> Wait till you hear next week's joke. <laughs> All right. Well, that, I deserve that after the double dose I put on you. That was brutal. Just brutal. <laughs> Let's go to the overtime. Overtime. All right. In the overtime, I just have a really a brief thing to touch on with you. Because, again, having been at a resort, I got to experience a little bit of resort uh, life, which is that cocktails are insanely priced. Yes. And having run a tab the one night when we were out um, and had a few drinks, I want your take on the tipping situation. Because under a normal bar situation, I'm usually paying as I go. But even if not, I'm generally tipping as I go. And then I'm probably not tipping at the end of the night. Okay. In most cases, right? right. Here's, your, here's your dollar every time you give me a fresh drink. And then when I close out my tab, maybe I'll throw a couple of bucks on there depending on how our night has gone. But for the most part, I'm I'm not like tipping 20%, right? You're getting like a dollar on top of whatever you're charging for the drinks. If they're six, seven, eight bucks, you get a dollar. The resort, we run the tab. I only had two drinks, but the, it's like $35, right? <laughs> so it's like whatever, $33, whatever they want. Fuck it was. And I tipped the dude three bucks. And I was like, that's more than I wanted to be for making me two drinks anyway. Yeah. And I just, but I, I was again with coworkers and I watched the guy with me kind of look at me a little bit sideways. And I was like, I'm not going to tip him 20% for making me two drinks when the drinks are 15 bucks a pop. Right. I mean, you're talking about, you're talking about a $7 tip, a six or $7 tip for two on cocktails two drinks, on two drinks. I mean, so you basically would have had two drinks for $42. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. I mean, I think that's the. This is a funny. This is a funny situation because, you know, when you're running a tab, it, it's easier to it's easier to downplay if you're if you're tipping as you go. Like they bring you a they bring you, they bring you a a drink. Right. You pay. Well, I tip as I go because I tip for service. Right. Right. Like I'm literally yeah. like I'm tipping you so that when I come back, regardless of my tab. You see me, and you know you're going to get cash from me, even though I have a tab open. So right. you're going to come serve me before Magoo and <laughs> right, whatever. Right. So the so this is an interesting. I, I haven't really thought about this much, but the per drink tip versus tipping on for tipping on the price of the drinks, mm-hmm. because tipping on the price of the drinks is seems more arbitrary, right? It's like if you made a trip from the bar to give me a drink, it's worth two bucks. Right. I shouldn't have to tip you more because your ridiculous restaurant is, is charging me $15 for a shot of Templeton. Because it's like yes. it's a measured poor bar too, right? Because it's resort. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a good question. I you know I would probably still tip on the bill. Oh my I mean, god! It's just I don't know. I would. And now you make me I, sound like a jerk. No, you know, <laughs> no. But I think you. But I think it. I think you're. I think it's something to consider. But I think that I would to have tipping money on me when I go into the bar, put up a tab, and then tip the server as I go. But I also understand that tipping nowadays is not just for the server who brings you the drinks. True. It's also for the bartender. It's also for the person. It's for the bar back. It's for the bus staff. You know, it's for, there's a lot, there's a lot more that goes into tipping. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm having a big night out anyway, you know. But that's the thing is I wasn't, right? We had two yeah. drinks and it was 30 bucks. <laughs> Sorry. So you weren't going to kick five? I guess maybe I could have just done that. It would have been fine, but you're, you can get close. Like I'm, I'm sort of, I'm sort of iffy about the twenty percent these days too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? I, I generally, I generally come in some. If it's a nice even number, if twenty percent, it seems like a nice even number when I'm looking at the thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm usually, I'm usually probably just under twenty, unless I get something, unless I get really great service, in which case, you know. 20% is easy and easy, you know, easy call. It's the high bar. 20%. Yeah. I tend to be a generous tipper. Um, but if you're going to get 20%, you have to like, to me, you have to perform without me having any real complaints about your, yeah, you got to serve service. me food. Right. <laughs> but, with, but without like fucking it up. Right. <laughs> and also when I, you can't roll your eyes when I ask you questions about the menu because otherwise I'm going to get sick. So I'm sorry. Right. I can't stand it. The stink face, the, yeah. uh, the food allergy stink face. This <laughs> is my least favorite thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, I just you know me. I just try to get along in the world. I know. So it's uh, but I get I get your point. I think that I think that for the for the person who is maybe um, I think it's fair that you would just tip as you go. I mean, if if you if you really were concerned about it, you would just pay for drinks as they came. Yeah, that's my and that's and my then, preference. But I didn't have cash on me. Right. Yeah. Right. Under most circumstances, my preference if I'm going out to the bar, I will get cash for the express purpose of being able to pay for drinks as I buy them. Yeah, that way you can also just leave when you're done. Correct. You don't have to. You don't have to go. To oh, the I bar. closing out a tab is, is is on my short list of shit I try to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> so in that regard, um, it's probably it, there's probably a lot of pluses to to just paying cash and and as you go. Yeah, I look at it like it's like the weed store. So like if you go to the weed store, um, the shit's expensive. Sure. But I'm not tipping you on the the cost of the weed. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you, wait, do you have to tip the weed guy? If they help you or whatever, I mean, there's usually a tip, there's usually a tips box, and I mean, I go to a regular spot, so they know me, and I, you know, it's it's a. I don't again, think I've ever paid for the. I don't think I've seen the tip jar at the weed joint. They have a tip jar. I don't know. Mine doesn't. All right. Or maybe you're just not paying attention. I don't know. They're already charging me to a lot of <laughs> money. <laughs> oh no, the legal drugs. It's, it's. I'm so upset. I have to pay for them. Well, whatever. With, I'm, with no, I'm happy to pay for it, but no risk tip, of imprisonment. <laughs> but I have to. Tip the sleepy-eyed dreadlock guy. Look, I don't know. Like, that's not my. That's not my staff's not like that. I'm not. I don't have lunched over the half slunched over the cash register. I don't. I don't have the uh, the uh, cliche working at the bar at my <laughs> local counter. Anything else for the OT? Nothing for me, my man. It's nice to have you back. Thank you. Uh, I enjoyed your show with Evan. Uh, like I mentioned to you, it was really odd for me to listen to a podcast where two people who I know independently but have never spent any time with at the same time together were talking about things that I like have a direct connection to and somehow yet my name never comes up in the conversation <laughs> once 
Yes, Ty. We weren't thinking about you when I we was, were talking to each other. I know. It was upsetting. <laughs> I know. You're the girl dad. You're the real girl dad. That's here. right. I was shouting, <laughs> screaming. He's not a girl dad. He has a boy. It's bullshit. <laughs> Just because I have a boy doesn't mean I'm not a girl dad. I'm not, not in the a same way that I am. You're not. You're a mudblood. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a pureblood girl dad. <laughs> you're, you're a real girl dad. Yeah. Not like the fake ass, no. you know, girl dad that I am. When girl dads take it, yeah. When girl dads take over the world, you're going to one of the camps. <laughs> <laughs> in for a little? Don't no, no, Little doesn't get me in. Just half a girl. You know. Just you know. One or two. Yeah, you're probably fine. I'm not. I'm not that hardcore. I'm actually, you know, pretty liberal dude. So I'm not. No, you're not. I'm not sending anybody any camps. That's for sure. You're. <laughs> I know you're staring down your nose at me on this hashtag girl dad thing. I get it. No, I just look. I want my do where it's due. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not over there at your house. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm sorry that I don't talk about you when I talk to other people. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> All right, well, it's good to be back, and that's our show. Our thanks to all of you for listening to Two on Three Pod, where we hope you <laughs> you made me screw it up. I started thinking about how you screwed it up last week, and I screwed it up. Do you know why I don't screw it up? Because you have it written down? That's correct. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah, you I should write it down. Uh, maybe I should. Where we help to help you live a more deeply examined life, at least sing better karaoke songs. Mm-hmm. At least have more fun when you do it. If you don't already, please subscribe and or review wherever you get your podcasts. And don't be shy about sharing your thoughts and suggestions for the show. We'll be back next week with more pop culture. Keanu Bracket? Perhaps. Life strategies and existentialism. And until then, peace!
You want her back again But she just don't feel the same Gotta blame it on something Gotta blame it on something Blame it on the rain that was falling, falling Blame it on the stars this shiny night Whatever you do, don't put the blame on you Blame it on the rain, yeah, yeah I wanna blame it on the rain Cause the rain don't mind And the rain don't care You got to blame it on something Blame it on the rain Blame it on the rain